Welcome to Bible study, and we are recording tonight. So if you say something, you might be on the podcast. This is also going to be the Reaching Forward podcast, but we're going to be dealing with 2 Timothy, the epistle or the letter to Timothy, Paul's second letter to Timothy. And we're going to deal with the, the thought on finishing your race. It's coming to the end of 2020. It's been quite a year, but it's not over yet. So we have to finish our race, make up our mind and really ask ourselves, how are we going to finish our race? It's not over yet. And actually in a normal cycle of years, this season can be the most stressful time for people with family, with finances, and with travel. So we're going to begin 2 Timothy. Uh, let's first ask the Lord's blessing. And we need to pray. Lord, we ask that you would bless this Bible study. But in it, Lord, we ask that you would deal with each one of us about our race, our walk with God, our course that we are running. And God, we would ask that you would accomplish these things through that wonderful one that we have met, the one named Jesus. Amen. So there were some meter men, you know, I don't know if they still have them around, but they check the gas meters and then you get your bill in the mail. So one of them was an older employee and they were checking this gas meter at this house and, and uh, he was training a younger employee in the gas company. Well, they checked the meter and they had parked down at the front of the yard, you know, on the other side of the fence. It was kind of a long driveway. So the older man says, I think I still got it, son. He said, I'll race you back to the work truck. And the young guy's like, oh yeah, you're on. So they get done with what they're getting done and then uh, they take off towards their work truck. Well, About halfway through the race, the front door comes open of the house that they were servicing and a lady flies out the front door down the stairs and starts running with them. So they get to their truck and they stop and and she's running by and they're like, (laughs) ma'am, why are you running? And she's like, look, I just saw two guys from the gas company running and that's why I'm running too. Well, you know what? Some people, we need to ask ourselves, why are we running? There's a song, I'm running for Jesus for a long time, and I'm not tired yet. Well, sometimes people would really sing it this way. I've been running for Jesus for a long time. Why am I running? Why am I going to church? Why am I reading my Bible? Why am I praying? Why am I inviting someone to church? Why am I doing these things? It's important to understand our why? Why are we in this race for Jesus Christ? So we want to we wanna look at some of these themes about running our race because Paul, in his second letter to Timothy, he said, I finished my course. He said, my race. So it is a personal race. It's race for not only for Paul, but we have our course. I have my course, my race. You have your course, your race. It's very personal. I was inviting someone to church in somewhere, in a line somewhere. 
And uh, I asked them, I said, hey, you know, you guys, you go to church somewhere or whatever? And they looked at me and they said, that's personal. I was like, well, yes, it is personal, our walk with God, but it's something that we make public. It should be something we want to share with people. So this epistle, which is another word for letter, it was written from Rome. It's the last of the pastoral epistles. So that's 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. 2 Timothy was the last one written by the Apostle Paul in around 67 AD, and it was right before his death in Rome. So this is kind of like, and he either died the same year or in 68 AD. So this was kind of like a letter from death row. It was Paul's last will and testament. He got the things out to Timothy that were important for Timothy to know. And one of them, in chapter 1, we're going to deal with running our race through suffering. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever run a marathon. I have. And my wife rode a bike next to me. And Sister Velez actually drove by when, we were, when I was running a marathon. And you can't fake it. In a marathon, you're going to suffer races are long. Well, so is life. Well, let me tell you, if you've never, if you've never experienced any suffering, you haven't had a baby, you haven't graduated from high school, you haven't been to boot camp, you will experience discomfort in life. And it's no different in working for God. Some people think, well, when I got saved, I thought everything was just going to work out and all these things. Well, not, not, not really. But let me tell you the good part about this. There's no growth that takes place in the comfort zone. So if you're looking to grow in your spiritual walk, let me tell you, we're going to finish our race, but it starts with starting that race and running that race. And you are going to grow in God. That's a guarantee. Why? Because there will be problems in your race. Say, preacher, I came to Bible study to be, be positive, preacher. Don't talk about problems. I don't want any problems. Well, let me rephrase that. Okay. I am positive there will be problems. <laughs> there will be problems in this race. There will be problems in this life. Is it not Jesus that said in Matthew chapter 7, Verses 24 to 27. So it was at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew. And beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Now, there's a good ending. The house didn't fall. The life stayed together. When Jesus was crucified, the Bible says not a bone of him was broken. Now, that's important. You know why? Because he, we're the body of Christ, and not a bone was broken. So Jesus was unbroken on the cross, and we can be shattered seemingly, you know, on the outside, whipped and beaten, but we're going to stay together if we stick with Jesus. Jesus did not fall apart. But notice what he said. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew. Isn't that like the storms of life? 
He didn't say maybe. We even have a whole season in Florida, Florida, right? Hurricane season. Well, it's going to happen in life too. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Now, if Jesus said you're going to have it, you're going to have it. That's like a guarantee. But be of good cheer, Jesus said. I have overcome the world. In finishing our race, we have to understand there are going to be problems. And it's not because necessarily that you're doing things wrong. It might be because you're doing things right. All they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But notice what Paul said in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. So that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. So Paul said, I've got problems, but guess what? I'm going to finish my race. I'm going to finish my course. And what he said in Acts, he also wrote to Timothy. He said, I have finished my race. So the gospel race has a beginning, a course, and a finish. And we're dealing with the beginning. Now, what's the true gospel? You know, a lot of people, they have differences what the gospel is. And you say, well, this guy on the TV, he was saying be positive and be an overcomer in your, in your, in your mind and just think creatively. Look, that's not going to get you to heaven. And then there's others that would preach that it's the social gospel. What's the social gospel? Well, you know, social justice and, and race relations and all these things. That's the social gospel. That doesn't change men. You see, men's hearts need to be saved by the blood of Jesus. It's not going to be thinking positive and being a nice person and, and race relations. So, are you against race relations? No, I'm not against race relations. I just know the, the, the cure for the problem. The cure is salvation. It's repentance of your sin. It's having Christ come into a new life to not try to fix it yourself. You see, when you get saved, everybody who's a Christian and has been saved by Jesus Christ and repented of their sin, they're my brother. Their skin color is irrelevant everyone that's saved and if you're a lady they're your sister their skin color their accent their language it's irrelevant yes it's something we see so preacher but what if they're not saved well then you they're your neighbor but everybody is somebody that we love man in fact during the baptism reverend patterson who's a different color than i on the outside we were holding hands and we didn't even have to take a class, right? But why? Because we thought the waves, <laughs> we'd be heavier if we held, wave, held hands, right? The waves wouldn't blow us away. It, it was something. That was some good waves. Uh, so, but God brings us, and I haven't even started. This is kind of an intro, but God, God gets us to, to have a desire to finish the race. And really, I believe that everybody that starts 
the Christian race. God wants you not to just start, but to finish. And there's an illustration before I begin in first and second Timothy chapter one. While competing in a in the marathon in Mexico, Mexico City, there was a man named John Aquari, and he cramped up in the in the marathon. Mexico City has a high altitude, and he was from a country in Africa with a lower altitude, so he cramped up, and that can happen, okay? So about 19 kilometers into the 42-kilometer race, he was hit as runners were kind of jockeying for position, and he fell badly, and he wounded his knee. He dislocated the joint, and he hit his shoulder on the pavement but he wasn't even halfway done with the race he got up and he continued to run although he was wounded finishing last among the 57 competitors that ran the race 75 started 57 finished okay but he was the last guy that finished the race the winner was from ethiopia who finished in two hours and 20 minutes and 26 seconds, very fast. John Aquari finished in three hours, 25 minutes and 27 seconds. That's still pretty fast. I ran a marathon in about four hours and 45 minutes and I didn't fall. <laughs> so when he came in, there were only a few people left in the stadium. Everyone, he had come in so far behind the, the winner. And so... The sun had set and the television crew was sent out from the medal ceremony. It was already happening, right? To come and uh, word was that there was one more runner that was about to finish. So he finally crossed the finish line. Can you imagine this bandaged up guy? And a cheer came up from this, this small crowd that was there. And when interviewed later and asked, why? You know, why did you continue running? Think about it. You're not going to win. I mean, you're not going to even get top. He said famously, and, and this is something I've heard over and over, but it can speak to our hearts with the Christian race. He said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. Paul said to Timothy in the last chapter of 2 Timothy, he said, I have finished my course. He said, I finished my race. And he said, I don't know what goals we have in life. And it's good to have different goals. So a preacher, I'm going to lose weight. Great. I'm going to save money. Great. Those are all good goals. Okay. But the, the greatest goal that I would say for a Christian, once you become a Christian is to finish my race. I'm going to be a Christian to my dying breath until I get ready to go home to finish my course. So, 2 Timothy, let's begin in chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, we'll notice in the beginning, Paul is going to share with Timothy some things to build up his confidence. But what we notice here is Paul said two things. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Entering the race and starting your race for God, you've got to find out what the will of God is for your life. 
And I remember being in a church service and I found out it was the will of God that I got out of sin. I had never heard that before. I grew up going to church. I never heard I had to repent of my sin. And in fact, we were praying with some people recently and they said, well, this and that and the other. And I said, have you repented of your sin? That's the question that we really have to, before we start the race, we have to enter the race, right? And in order to enter the race, we have to enter the race according to the rules. And that is through the atoning death of Jesus Christ, washed by his blood, cleansed by his sin, uh, his, his cross of our sin. So Paul said, by the will of God. And then he said, according to the promise of life. That kept him going. You know, when you have kids, you give them two things. You give them roots, which is their purpose, right? And then you give them wings so that one day they can fly away. You give them those, that confidence that they can stretch out and you know, hit the door, hit the, hit the ground running. And that's what we should have for Jesus Christ. We should have our roots in the gospel, our roots in the cross, our roots in his atoning blood. But then we'll have those wings that we can fly and be uh, not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He begins with confidence building. So let's look at verse 2. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son. Now, he wasn't his actual son, but he was his son in the faith. So he calls him his son. And there's a sister that calls me her son, Sister Rodriguez. And she's not my mom, but I call her mom. And uh, she's kind of like a mom in the faith to me. So she'll go, my son. But it was, we have a good time. So I hope you all get to meet her. You know Sister Rodriguez, right, brother? Oh. So, yeah, she's a blessing. Pastor, uh, yeah. Pastor Rodriguez's wife is a, she's and her maiden name was Rodriguez, so that was kind of easy to change. When she got she had to change, I think the Z to an S, from Mexican Rodriguez to Portuguese Rodriguez. So one change. So I truly thank the man that prayed for me while I'm in this situation today. God is good, and you're also speaking on the podcast, brother. So God is good all over the world. Grace. Mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. So what is he doing? He's saying, God loves you, Timothy, and I love you too. You know, it's not wrong to hear that once in a while that other people are polling for you. If you're praying for someone, it's not a sin to tell them. It's not pride. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. Praying for you. And I do. I pray for everyone in here and many that are not here. I pray for you. Why? He said, well, you mean by name? Yes. First and last. And uh, yes, we, we do. Why? Because... Paul said, ye are a joy in our crown. That's what, that's the, the desire of God is us. And the desire of preacher is, a preacher is people and their welfare and their spiritual blessings. Uh, he said in verse five, now notice this. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. You know, sometimes we have something and other people, we can't see it, but other people see it in us. Which dwelt first in thy grandmother, not thy sister, Lois, and thy mother, Eunice, and am persuaded 
that is in thee also. What's the key to the race? What's the key? Where does the strength come from? How do we make it? Faith. That's what's going to make this race. Um, Earlier in the day, I was breaking into a car. Because someone asked me to, okay, with the coat hangers. And it was their car. That's what they said. And for like an hour, okay, and almost got it, almost got it, didn't get it. It had the coat hanger trying to press the unlock button. So then I was talking and the the gentleman goes into the apartment and then the alarm goes off in the car. I'm like, oh, great. Now the car is going off, the alarm's going off. Well, then the gentleman comes out smiling. He had the key. It was in the apartment. I mean, we were there for it. I mean, he didn't know. He just went and looked again, and there it was. Ew, ew. You know, he got into this car or whatever and, uh, and opened it up. Well, you know, there's a lot of people, they don't know what the key to the race is. They're trying to, like, get in some other way. They're trying to get in by, you know, works. But we're not saved by works. We're not saved by education. We're saved by grace through Faith, it says in second, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But the key to this race is not only our faith in Christ, but that stretched out faith. You know what that is? Faithfulness. That's what's going to keep you going. Don't disregard Faithfulness, putting your reps in. I'm not talking about works, but your faithfulness unto God. But it works. If you put your reps in and you do a diet or you save money, the reps are going to work because you see something that's true just works. And being faithful unto God over and over again, it works. And the Bible says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Which is, be, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. He said he knew Timothy had tears, right? We're going to go face things. He knew that Timothy was facing, I don't know, maybe Timothy's horse broke down instead of his car. Maybe he locked the keys in his donkey. I don't know, but there's something happened. But Paul said, don't quit. Stay faithful to God. He wasn't a beginner. He was a seasoned veteran of the gospel. Timothy was a pastor. He knew about the gospel. But God knows that we need to go back to the basics sometimes. So in verse 7, the Bible went back to the basics. For God and hath not given us the spirit of fear. I heard someone said that fear stood for false evidence appearing real. My daughter, she got a shot, not shot, but she got a shot at the doctor's office and she started going, oh, 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 and the needle hadn't touched her yet. And I said, Emma, don't let it hurt until it hurts. And she, she didn't even cry. She just, you know, cause the shot's only like what, you know, a second of pinching and it does hurt. But I said, don't let it hurt till it hurts. Don't go walking around in fear. But the Bible said, God didn't give you that, the spirit of fear, but of power, that's from God. And of love, that's from God. And of a sound mind, that's from God. So, Timothy, don't get all worked up on what might be. Get worked up on what God gave you. I've got 
power in the Holy Ghost. I've got the love of Jesus Christ shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. My mind's working right because I'm thinking on whatsoever things are good and pure and lovely and true and they're just and if there be any good good thing good goodness there be any praise i'm going to think on these things because i got a sound mind verse eight be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our lord nor of me as prisoner but be thou partaker of the afflictions, hard times, of the gospel according to the power of God. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, Paul said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, but don't stop there, and the fellowship of his sufferings, (laughs) being made conformable unto his death. Paul counted in honor to know the power of God, but he also counted in honor to be in the fellowship of his sufferings, to know what God was going through. You know that when you face that, you can realize, you know what? Man, I was shunned, but so was Jesus. It gives you an identification of what God went through for taking a stand. Who hath saved us, verse 9, and called us with an holy calling, Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Like what one preacher said, the Bible says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth, God delights in his way, the steps of a good man. Well, preacher said, if something happened, he said, it must have been ordered. <laughs> you know, if something happened in your life, it's not because you're doing something wrong if you're serving God, but it must have been ordered. God has a purpose in it. And uh, let God have his way. God delights in your way. He's going to take care of you. So but it doesn't seem that way. Well, it doesn't seem that way. But if I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't seem that way. But it said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. David knew, he said, it looks crazy right now, but guess what? I know that goodness is following me. I know. He said, surely, just like I could say, amen. God's going to work it out because before Paul wrote it, David knew it, that all things work together for what? Good to them that love God. Who are the, to, to them who are the called according to his, there it is, purpose. Purpose. But the Bible says, but in verse 10, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And it's interesting. He died, but didn't, Jesus didn't die for his own convenience. Have you ever gone to a convenience store? You pay something for more for something because it's right there and you don't have to walk a football field through Walmart to the back of the store. So you just pay $5 instead of $2. Well, Jesus didn't die for his own convenience. He died for others. And you learn that when you get married. I just did a marriage. I said, you're going to have to change your pronouns from I and my and mine to ours and we. It's a change. And then when you have kids, it's, you know, you're wearing old socks. And, but it's not for your convenience. I remember there was a brother uh, in Bible school. And I saw he has three kids. He's married. 
and money might have been tight. He was wearing one of those white shirts, and underneath I could see his undershirt was ripped. And I thought, man, God bless him. I didn't find fault. I was like, he's got four other people to take care of. And you say, well, preacher, but what is it? But you see, the work of a preacher and the work of a gospel worker and the work of a Christian is an eternal work. And he had three kids. They're all grown up now. I don't know what the two boys are doing, but you know what happened to the daughter? She went to Bible school. You see, it wasn't in vain. All that suffering, all that affliction, the maybe not wearing the newest clothes, but his daughter went through Bible school. You never know what life you're affecting when you go through something for Jesus. Got like two minutes left. One minute left. Boy, I got a lot of stuff here. So, Whew. let's go to verse... Hmm. Verse 11. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles for the which cause. I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. He is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. God will take full responsibility for the life that is committed unto him. Another preacher said that I just robbed it from him. And the Bible said, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Jesus Christ. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart in the love of God, the Bible says. And so we're gonna, we got to drop off, but we're going to look at three runners. In verse 15, this thou knowest that all they which are in Asia have turned away from me of whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. So they dropped out. Maybe they had their own business to go do and they're like, ah, can't do this Paul stuff anymore. It's getting rough. I might get in trouble with the Roman law or something. So they left. Not everyone who starts a marathon finishes. But then the Bible says, the Lord give mercy unto the house of Amnesiphorus. For he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. He stuck his neck out. You know, he couldn't do the two work of two men maybe, but he did what he could. Believe it or not, I wasn't the first person to come to Jacksonville. I wasn't chosen first. I was choice number two. Man number one didn't take the job. I don't know who it was to this day. So man number two, Omnesiphorus kind of stood up and just popped in. And... The Bible said, but when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he might find mercy of the Lord in that day. When the race is all over, he's talking about the day when Jesus Christ judges our life for our reward. And in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Finishing your race. So I made, I have a made-up mind. And let's, let's, let's finish uh, this Bible study in prayer. But God, Lord, let us have a made-up mind. This is as bad as it gets. In heaven, there's going to be no sad days. God's going to wipe away all the tears. So if I face anything down here, it's only going to get better up there. And Lord, help me to have a made-up mind. To make up my mind to finish my race in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you is our prayer.